Welcome to episode number two of the Great Motivators Podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Dr. Dan Davidson, and I hope there's something that I can share with you on this episode that will be inspirational and motivational for you and your life. I'm going to start with a quote from a great baseball player, Hammerin' Hank Aaron. I remember it well in 1974, April 8th. I watched it live on TV when he broke Babe Ruth's Major League home run record and he hit a 715th home run. And Hammerin' Hank said one time, my motto was always to keep swinging. Whether I was in a slump or feeling badly or having trouble off the field, the only thing to do was keep swinging. What great advice for life. We can't always hit a home run. Matter of fact, in the major leagues, if you fail 70% of the time, you'll end up with a 300 batting average. You'll probably end up in the Hall of Fame, most likely. And speaking of Babe Ruth, he led the league when he played with the Yankees uh, in home runs, but he also led in strikeouts. Reminds me of a, a story I'll share. Uh, my oldest son, Jacob, was playing Little League, and uh, I was the coach. And everyone was starting to really cop an attitude if they happen to strike out. And if the umpire, now this is age 11 and 12 years old, if an umpire saw a player throw their helmet after they strike out, they could be kicked out of the game. So uh, a couple players had done that. It was about the middle of the game after the third inning. I got the players together and I said, listen, you can't do that. Uh, number one, you could get thrown out of the game. Number two, it's just not good sportsmanship. And I told him the story about Babe Ruth, who led the team and led the league in home runs and in strikeouts. But when he struck out, he didn't cry and whine. He stared down the pitcher as he walked back to the dugout, as if to say, you may have got me this time, but wait till the next time at bat. And after he stared down the pitcher as he walked towards the dugout, he looked at the crowd and he tipped his hat. Now that's a great attitude. So I, I told everyone the next player that throws their helmet after a strikeout, I would, ha I would have to take them out of the game, whether the umpire saw it or not. Well, my son Jacob was a pretty good ball player, and he ended up uh, only striking out two times the whole season, and he ended up playing Division Three college baseball years later. But wouldn't you know it, one of the two times he struck out was the very next time that he came to the plate and uh, he struck out and sure enough he threw his helmet and dad had to be a man of my word and I had to take him out of the game it was a little life lesson there so uh, remember keep swinging no matter what you do if you're at, at bat in baseball and if you look at three strikes come across the plate and never even swing you don't even have a chance to hit the ball at least swing you may strike out some, but you may get a base hit. And hey, it's always sweet when you hit a home run. I hope you enjoy this podcast. We're going to be share, sharing some uh, uh, inspirational stories and quotes. And I really appreciate those who call into the station. Uh, we're recording this and producing it on a social community called Anchor. Uh, it's a free app, a free social uh, audio community, and uh, we've had some call-ins to the show that I will share next, uh, so we appreciate people listening and joining in the journey. God bless.
Hi, Dan. Uh, I really appreciate uh, your, your post here talking about being fearless and changing your attitude. Uh, something I talk to people uh, all the time about is just changing your, your mental uh, approach to things can make a huge difference. That everything that you want to do is on the other side of fear. If you can just get past that initial fear, nothing is insurmountable. Everything seems bigger than it actually is. Um, but making that mental switch can be a huge, huge thing. Uh, so thank you for your motivation moment. Uh, really enjoying what you're doing. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much, Greg, for calling in to the Great Motivators podcast episode. And I also gave you a call in. And that's the cool thing about the Anchor community. You can interact with audio clips, comment. They call them waves or call-ins. So if you haven't yet, join Anchor.fm. It's a free app, free social community. We'd love to have your input and interactivity uh, in Anchor. Uh, next, we're going to hear from Will Farrell. And he recently gave the commencement speech at USC in May 2017. And I'm just going to share about a five-minute clip which uh, talks about how he got into comedy. And it's actually quite inspiring. Uh, you know, sometimes, some days, you just need a little more cowbell. Lucky that I had a very supportive and understanding mother who's sitting out there in the crowd who let me move back home. And she recognized that while I had an interest in pursuing sports casting, my gut was telling me that I really wanted to pursue something else. And that something else was comedy. For you see, the seeds for this journey were planted right here on this campus. This campus was a theater or testing lab, if you will. I was always trying to make my friends laugh whenever I could find a moment. I had a, a work-study job at the Humanities Audio-Visual Department that would allow me to take off from time to time. By allow me, I mean I would just leave and they didn't notice. Uh, so I would literally leave my job if I knew friends were attending class close by and crash a lecture while in character. My good buddy Emil, who's also here today, Emil, in the house. Emil told me one day that I should crash his thematic options literature class one day. So I cobbled together a janitor's outfit, complete with work gloves, safety goggles, a dangling lit cigarette, and a bucket full of cleaning supplies. And then I proceeded to walk into the class, interrupting the lecture, informing the professor that I'd just been sent from physical plant to clean up a student's vomit. True story. What Emil neglected to tell me was that the professor of his class was Ronald Gottesman, a professor who co-edited the Norton Anthology of American Literature. Needless to say, a big-time guy. A month after visiting my, my friend's class as the janitor, I, I was walking through the campus when someone grabbed me by the shoulder, and it was Ron Gottesman. I thought for sure he was going to tell me to never do that again. Instead, what he told me was that he loved my barging in on his class and that he thought it was one of the funniest things he'd ever seen and would I please do it again. <laughs> so, on invitation from Professor Gottesman, I would barge in on his lecture class 
from time to time as the guy from physical plant coming by to check on things and the professor would joyfully play along. One time I got my hands on a power drill and I just stood outside the classroom door operating the drill. For a good minute. Unbeknownst to me, Professor Gottesman was wondering aloud to his class, I wonder if we're about to get a visit from our physical plant guy. I then walked in as if on cue and the whole class erupted in laughter. After leaving, Professor Gottesman then weaved the surprise visit into his lecture on Walt Whitman and the leaves of grass. Moments like these encouraged me to think that maybe I was funny to whole groups of people who didn't know me. And this wonderful professor had no idea how his encouragement of me to come and interrupt his class, no less, was enough to give myself permission to be silly and weird. My senior year, I would discover a comedy and improv troupe called The Groundlings, located on Melrose Avenue. This was the theater company that, in school that gave the starts to Lorraine Newman, Phil Hartman, John Lovitz, Pee Wee Herman, Conan O'Brien, Lisa Kudrow, to name a few. Later, it would become my home, where I would meet the likes of Chris Kattan, Sherry O'Terry, Anna Gasteyer, Chris Parnell, Meyer Rudolph, Will Forte, and Kristen Wiig. I went to one of their shows during the spring semester of my senior year and, in fact, got pulled up on stage during an audience participation sketch. I was so afraid and awestruck at what the actors were doing that I didn't utter a word. And even in this moment of abject fear and total failure, I found it to be thrilling to be on that stage. I then knew I wanted to be a comedic actor. So starting in the fall of 1991, for the next three and a half years, I was taking classes and performing in various shows at the Groundlings and around Los Angeles. I was even trying my hand at, at stand-up comedy. Not great stand-up, mind you, but enough material to get myself up in front of strangers. Happiness, it's something we all seek. Sometimes it's quite elusive, and it's been said to be one of the greatest motivators in life. Now a new study has shown that being generous can really make us happy. It doesn't take a neuroscientist to know that doing nice things for people feels good, but now researchers from the University of Zurich in Switzerland have found that doing something good and generous has mood-boosting benefits in the brain. They told 50 people that they'd be receiving $100 over a few weeks. Half of the people were asked to commit to spending that money on themselves. The other half, they were asked to spend it on someone they knew. So the researchers wanted to see whether simply pledging to being generous was enough to make people happier. So before giving out the money, they brought everyone in the lab and asked them to think about a friend they'd like to give a gift to and how much they would hypothetically spend. They then performed functional MRI scans to measure activity in three regions of the brain associated with social behavior, generosity, happiness, and decision-making. Their choices and their brain activity seemed to depend on how they had pledged to spend the money earlier. So those who had agreed to spend money on other people 
tended to make more generous decisions throughout the experiment compared to those who had agreed to spend it on themselves. They also had more interaction between the parts of the brain associated with altruism and happiness, and they reported higher levels of happiness after the experiment was over. So here's another good piece of news, is that it didn't seem to matter how generous people were. Planning to give away just a little bit of money had the same effects on happiness as giving away a lot. The lead author said, at least in our study, the amount spent did not matter. So it's worth keeping in mind that even little things have a beneficial effect, like bringing coffee to someone in, in the office. It's not yet clear the researchers say how long these warm and fuzzy feelings last after being generous. Other research is suggested to see if generosity can be made into a regular habit and influence long-term happiness and well-being. Wow, another good reason to be nice to people and be generous. Since we learned about happiness and being generous in our last clip, I thought we'd have a lightning round of happiness quotes. So here we go. Ralph Walder Emerson. For every minute you are angry, you lose 60 seconds of happiness. Abraham Lincoln. Folks are usually about as happy as they make their minds up to be. Tom Bodette. They say a person needs just three things to truly be happy in this world. Someone to love something to do, and something to hope for. Audrey Hepburn The most important thing is to enjoy your life, to be happy. It's all that matters. Dale Carnegie It isn't what you have or who you are or where you are or what you are doing that makes you happy or unhappy. It is what you think about. Marcel Proust Let us be grateful to the people who make us happy. They are the charming gardeners who make our souls blossom. Mark Twain The best way to cheer yourself is to try to cheer someone else up. Roy T. Bennett If you want to be happy, do not dwell on the past. Do not worry about the future. Focus on living fully in the present. Mother Teresa let no one ever come to you without leaving better and happier. Be the living expression of God's kindness. Kindness in your face, kindness in your eyes, kindness in your smile. Marcus Aurelius The happiness of your life depends upon the quality of your thoughts. Marianne Williamson Children are happy because they don't have a file in their minds called quote, all the things that could go wrong. Steve Mirabolli. Happiness is not the absence of problems, it's the ability to deal with them. Jody Picoult. A mathematical formula for happiness is reality divided by expectations. There were two ways to be happy, improve your reality or lower your expectations. Robert Frost, happiness makes up in height for what it lacks in length. Aristotle, 
Happiness is the meaning and the purpose of life, the whole aim and the end of human existence. Martin Luther King Jr. Those who are not looking for happiness are the most likely to find it because those who are searching forget that the surest way to be happy is to seek happiness for others. Oh, I'm sorry to tell you, we've come to the end of this podcast. But thank you for listening to Episode 2 of the Great Motivators Podcast on Anchor FM. If you're not a member yet, please join us because you can easily interact by leaving uh, audio messages and we will incorporate them into our podcast. Check us out on Facebook at Great Motivators. Matter of fact, greatmotivators.com goes to that. And we are also on Instagram and Twitter. So thank you for listening and please subscribe either at iTunes or Google Play or somewhere in podcast land. I'm your host, Dr. Dan Davidson. Until we uh, talk on the next episode, take care, God bless, and find ways to be happy today.